Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never want to add to your already long to-do list. We just want to help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hey guys, this is Julie Richard and I'm here with Julia Fortman and we are thrilled to be with you today. Thrilled you're tuning in. We are jumping back onto our series, our Parenting Forward series. You know what? I've been calling it going back to pre-pandemic operations, PPO, right? But now I am thinking there are some things because I do believe we're impacted forever. And so we're just looking at what's PPO post-pandemic operations. I love it. And so I started thinking to myself, I kept going, whenever we go back to, and we're not really going back no. to normal. I don't think anyone, you know, is like, I just want things to be exactly how they were. I think we've all learned a lot of things about ourselves. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. Some of the good that came from it. But now when I say PPO, it's post-pandemic operations. And so looking forward, we're about parenting forward. No matter where you are, um, you have been experiencing the pandemic. We know we've all experienced it in, across the globe. But every area is moving back um, at a different pace. And every family is moving back, moving forward at a different pace and so we want to look at some things that we can do to be intentional and to equip ourselves our families our children to parent forward mm -hmm. what are some of the things that we've been talking about right. julia we started with attitude so we looked at the the value of struggle and our own um our own opinions and beliefs about stress because in order to move forward, we first have to understand what we're more moving forward from. Yes. Um, so we took a couple of episodes to really focus in on that, to as assess our attitude, assess our mindset, to look at where we are, the, some of the structures that we've put in place that made sense during um, lockdown, during remote learning that we don't need anymore. Um, and learning, uh, I hope this past week, that you have spent some time um, building those butterfly muscles, breaking those habits, uh, analyzing them first and seeing what does make sense now and, and what doesn't. Um, and then doing the work to start entering into post-pandemic Post-pandemic, I am here for it. So today we're going to shift gears into two, um, two other strategies, um, solitude and gratitude. Solitude to shift your view, gratitude to shift your mood. I love and it. You have talked Wait, a lot. Wait, say that again. Say that again. Solitude to shift your view. Yes. Gratitude to shift your mood. I love it. View is just another word for mindset, mm -hmm. another word for perspective. And it is so important. Again, we don't want to add to your to-do list. We want to help you be intentional. We say that all the time with what you're already doing. Mm -hmm. And the first thing to do is to check your mindset right and and you have to and and mindfulness is the first step toward checking your mindset exactly and you know during the the pandemic and lockdown and with all the changes that we were facing from in school out of school um are we meeting for church are we not meeting for church for here are we doing fearless mom how can we do fearless mom we have to learn a new system all of these new things were coming at us coming at us and we were, you know, basically put on a hamster wheel, just keep going. That's a, maybe that like is Dory. a great description. <laughs> or, or maybe like Dory swimming in the ocean, just keep swimming, just keep swimming. Um, and now it seems like as things are opening back up, 
it is like everything we couldn't have done in the past year, we're going to do all at once. I definitely see that in so many families' mm-hmm. lives. They each, let's say each activity, mm-hmm. as soon as they could do something, they did it. And also our area sports mm-hmm. are making up for lost seasons. Yes. Not just lost time, lost seasons. We're trying to cram a football season in. We're trying to get in a basketball spring. season. Yes. And a, oh, I, I know lots of kids doing flag <laughs> yes. football. And no, they're even doing tackle in the a, spring this oh, year. Oh, my word. And soccer <laughs> and swimming. And, and lacrosse. Yes. And lacrosse. Yes. Yeah. So this week, um, every night this week, we have multiple events. I have three kids, and I have multiple events each night this week because all of a sudden, everything's back. And so some of it's meetings for future things, and some of it's um, celebrating past things, and anyway, a lot of it. So that hamster wheel, although now things are getting back to predictability, I'm still on it just for a different reason. <laughs> right. And so carving out this time for solitude is going to take intention. And if we don't do it, our bodies will force us to. Um, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Your body tells you the truth. Mm-hmm. Your body tells you the truth, even when you're not honest with yourself. And that when we said really assess, check out your body and how has it responded mm-hmm. to these last 15 months and check out your emotions. How have they responded? You know, what's been going on? That was so important looking at our attitude and solitude we know research shows is so important and yet as moms rarely do we put this in place right but it could be the shower is your quiet place it could be laying in bed those first few minutes before you fall asleep could be the first few minutes after you before you get out of bed Um, you can do it it could be after you drop your kids at school you've got a few minutes in the car but being intentional about it yeah, oh, it's so important. I, I love this definition mm-hmm. of solitude from Cal Newport. Cal Newport is the author of Digital Minimalism. And we know that the enemy of solitude is technology. <laughs> and <laughs> I, sure. we're obviously pro-technology. Mm-hmm. That is how we reach so many moms. We are not anti-technology. But as we are for technology, we must be aware of the hazards or the dangers of technology. And so we want to take all the good Mm -hmm. and be aware of the bad and be intentional with our technology. So he is super, he's a super fan of digital minimalism. Um, But his definition of solitude is the subjective state in which your mind is free from input from other minds and distractions. So other minds meaning solitude is in it's not conversation. Mm-hmm. It is not reading a book. Mm-hmm. It is not listening to a podcast. It is not scrolling on your phone, on social media, playing a game on your phone. It is literally free from input. You may be on a walk. Mm-hmm. You may be sitting still. You may be in your car, as you mentioned. You may be in your shower. But It's quiet Mm -hmm. and your mind is alone with itself. The subjective state in which your mind is free from input. Mm -hmm. And I know I get in my car and think, you know what? I could be super efficient on this drive and I'm going to take care of this phone call or I'm going to listen to this podcast for research or I'm going to do this. And since I read Cal Newport, Mm -hmm. I have been, I'll catch myself. It's just that mindfulness, that intention. And I'll go, you know what? I can be quiet in my car right now. Right. Let my mind settle, be alone with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. 
sometimes I'll start praying. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll start thinking of other people. I think, oh, maybe the Holy Spirit's nudging me to pray for them. I'll text someone after I've stopped, you know, mm-hmm. and really looking for any moment of solitude that we right. can have, working it into what you're already doing. Right. Um, we, uh, for the, the school, the work that I do at the school district, um, we follow a group called the Holdsworth Center, and um, they're all about um, building up the leadership in Texas public schools, which is pretty amazing. And one of is their that with HEB? Yes. Yes. I love another reason to love HEB. Yes, yet another. They fund this, right? Yes. They realized that 10% of the, the nation's school children from K to 12 are in Texas. And so if they could make an impact on the state of Texas, they could impact 10% of the, the nation. And so they're focusing on leadership. Uh, they're just incredible in the people. Texas schools. They really Always are. giving back to the communities. Mm-hmm. Always, always. I love them. So in a recent article called The Benefits of Silence um, from the Holdsworth Center, they, um, they shared this information. Quietness not only induces bodily calm, it promotes higher order thinking and creativity by allowing us to slow down and see and feel things more deeply and clearly. It is often in moments of stillness that new ideas burst forth or that we suddenly understand something that we missed before. So that quiet might feel a little uncomfortable, but work through it. Because that is where the, the self-awareness can come. And once you understand your own thoughts, your own feelings, then you can help your children. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the emphasis on stillness. Mm-hmm. Using stillness really as a synonym for mm-hmm. solitude. Mm-hmm. Because if you can picture your brain being still, <laughs> taking mm-hmm. a breath, your body being still, taking a breath, you know, uh, that's pretty amazing. And it there's is. so much value, and I, I do believe those of us, particularly if we're mom, if particularly if we're moms, we are working to be efficient. We are working our to do list. We've got to check things off. So we're often doing multiple things at once, <laughs> and we are actually not as good at multitasking as we think we are. Right. Sometimes we have to, but if we can single task, sometimes. I want to be fully present, fully with my child right now. I want to be fully present, fully with my friend right now. I want to be fully present. I'm going to watch this TV show without working on my laptop. We just, we're always multitasking. Yeah. And solitude and stillness are the complete opposite of that. They are. And there is so much value. I think we do not see the value in it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for me, as someone who likes to check things off my list, do things, I've got work to do, the the idea of solitude is, I'm like, uh, well, wouldn't that be nice? But in reality, solitude makes me more effective Absolutely. and more creative and more productive in those other things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So it does not take away from moments of solitude. Do not take away from your productivity. Right. They actually contribute to your productivity. In Willpower Instinct, do you remember what it was? A minimum of something like eight minutes? Oh, that made a big difference? Right, right. It's not much. It's It's not not much. She starts with the five minutes of Mm -hmm. mindfulness and breathing, Mm -hmm. moving up to 10 minutes. And Mm -hmm. if you look at research on just those few minutes and Mm -hmm. you think, oh, I would love to have five minutes, you can get up five Mm -hmm. minutes earlier, Mm -hmm. or you can stay up five minutes later, or you can sit in your car 
for five minutes quiet. You can find I mean, the car five line minutes. At school. Yes, You've got yes. Five if minutes. you're doing, if you're you know doing pickup, mm-hmm. find five minutes and listen. Start with one. Mm-hmm. If five is overwhelming, start with one mm-hmm. minute. One minute of stillness. One minute of slow breathing. One minute of solitude and mindfulness, mm-hmm. and then grow from there. But don't feel like well I. I don't have 10, so there I can't start. Yes, you can. Start with one. Mm-hmm. Start with one. And you know what? It is excellent. Let's say you're with your kids all day. You can have a quiet minute with everyone. Mm-hmm. You can have every age can do a quiet minute. Okay, every age. You know what I mean, though. Yeah. <laughs> a little yeah. bit older. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You, you can but work that in. But even the newborns, they sleep. You can work so it you in. Can work Five it in. minutes, you can yeah. work in. And rem- remember, it's not taking away from your product productivity. It is contributing to your productivity. Yeah, and you know, I've heard a lot of people have a lot of concerns about how far our children are getting behind or the skills that they're missing in. But if you look back in history, often periods of pause are followed by periods of great innovation. Yes. So the the um, uh, World War One and what was that? The the flu of 1918. Yes. That um, pandemic. Spanish flu. Um, was followed, think of all of the new inventions that have come since 1918 and after that period of, of pause. My um, daughter is in tumbling and she broke her finger um, in the middle of the pandemic and wasn't able to go for, gosh, four or five months. And so she had to go back and do a reeval from her coach to see which class to go in. And my husband and I just assumed she's going to go down a class, it's fine. She's eight. right. She's right. going to be fine. She's fine. Well, she went and did her reeval, and the coach moved her up a class. And we were like, wait, w- hold on. What? You're moving her up a class? And he said, yeah, there's sometimes that um, I encourage parents that they should let their kids take a break because our bodies sometimes physically need the chance to slow down and pause to figure things out. He's like, I think she just naturally got that break that her body needed, and now she's ready. We were like, Okay. And we were talking. I, it, our bodies, our minds is fascinating. Mm-hmm. It is fascinating how they work together and how we, we we expect certain things. Like, oh, my word, if I stop, I'm going to get behind. Mm-hmm. If my child stops, she's going to get behind. In reality, there was growth happening that you could not see. Right. There was development happening that you could not see. And I believe if we look at this pandemic these 15 months with the shift in our attitude and we'll we'll get to this in a minute but shift our mindset Mm -hmm. and say you know what yes we experienced the pandemic but perhaps there was growth that we did not see Mm -hmm. and growth that would not have happened exactly had things remained the same been, been going through yeah but i also we've mentioned before how we we're so dependent on technology for so long. Mm -hmm. That was the only way to communicate with people. That was the only way to, um, you know, educate our children at home. And so there were so many wonderful things about technology, but just like your family did, you stopped and you said, okay, now as we move PPO toward Mm post-pandemic operations, do we want to continue these habits or do we want to do like we were doing before when we only use technology on the weekends, whatever it was. And so, Really, the biggest enemy to solitude is technology because what we want to do, we want to be mindful, and most of technology is mindless. Yes, it is. Most of technology is mindless, and that that is not to say that all of it is bad, 
but much much of it is distraction and that is actually what they want to do and it's not a conspiracy they are that is their job to make their game their app their you know device attractive to you Mm -hmm. they want to make it that attractive because that's how they make their their money that is their business we're not saying they're evil we're saying be aware right and don't play into it and the more you learn about them again I, i recommend cal newport's digital minimalism the more you learn about it you go okay that's their priority. What's my priority? Mm-hmm. We have we're we're we have conflicting priorities here. That doesn't mean we have to be enemies, but I have right. to recognize it and, and be, intentional be intentional with my time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to be mindful. I had some statistics, and this was from Own Your Mind Business um, about cell phones and about technology. I thought it was so interesting. And most of these, most of this research was done from 2019. Oh, wow. And so we know it's more, particularly post-2020. At this point, when this study was done, the research showed that 53% of children have a smartphone by age 11. I would definitely say that number has increased. Mm -hmm. 84% of teenagers have their own phones. We definitely would say that's increased. And 94% of those 18 to 29 have smartphones. Not just a phone. No, so they actually have the internet in their hands mm-hmm. they have access to everything which is just more distraction and um it is actually incredible the amount of time and i'm not even going to read these statistics because i this was before right. 2020 and i know for a fact that the hours on the phone have gone up and any of us who have used one of those trackers mm-hmm. when we get the real number we're perhaps shocked at a little more much again yes we're pro-technology we love that we can reach more moms but we also want to recognize that we're we have um you know conflicting priorities Mm -hmm. and it's my responsibility to be mindful of my with my time and to say you know what i could have been more intentional with that yesterday so i'm going to be more intentional today and then I'm going to work solitude. Just catch yourself. Mm-hmm. Catch yourself when you find yourself bored. You know what? I noticed, and I'm embarrassed to say, I noticed myself at stoplights or stop signs feeling like I need to check my texts mm-hmm. or feeling like I need to check. It, I mean, what is that, seconds that I'm sitting there? <laughs> right. And how long had it been since the last stoplight? Maybe minutes? I, I mean, it's yes. just amazing. But it is a feeling like... Did I miss something? Which again, do I need to get back to this? Dopamine, that promise of pleasure you're looking for, particularly if you posted something and you need to see how many likes, maybe somebody's Mm -hmm. responded, maybe somebody's commented. Again, that's not weakness. That's not bad. They're playing their game. The guys who invented the technology, the ladies who invented the technology, we've just got to be the boss of our minds. Exactly. And understand that solitude promotes Mm self-awareness, promotes peace, Mm -hmm. be still and know that I am God, that stillness, that your book you refer to, what is the, what was that? Where was that quote about stillness? From the Holdsworth organization? Yes, oh, that's right. It's from the Holdsworth. And it's important. The benefits of silence, the benefits of solitude, the benefits of stillness. We just need to be intentional, working into our lives, working into our kids' lives. Right. And I think that um, during your solitude, paying attention, maybe even thinking about how do you feel when you're flipping through social media? Because I've heard it said that through the pandemic, that the pandemic has been has intensified anger. 
that, that is our already there, but social media has amplified it. And I wow. think for many of us, so I'm going to say that again, that anger has been intensified by the pandemic and amplified by social media. So paying attention to what you're feeling, what's going on in your body as you're scrolling through social media, and is it feeding you well? Is it serving a positive purpose in your life? Um, and if not, we embrace the responsibility for our own mental health, mm -hmm. our emotional well-being. And when I recognize that something is affecting my mood mm -hmm. in such a way, then I'm responsible. Mm -hmm. If it's a positive effect, then I'm going to do it more. If it's a negative effect, then I'm going to do it less. Mm -hmm. Embrace the responsibility. But take that time to think, to consider it. Sure. And shift, shift your thinking about it solitude it, it's a biggie mm -hmm. as you listen to this right now we're saying turn off the podcast and be quiet <laughs> but wait till and you finish because we've got more <laughs> we're almost done yes but we're going to shift into the other thing that you can do so sh solitude can help shift your view change your perspective help you look at your mindset gratitude can help flip that mindset so let's say in your your solitude you realize oh i don't really like where i am um, instead of uh, filling your life with more or keeping going on that hamster wheel, wheel, another strategy is to take some time to spend in gratitude or spending some time in gratitude. There's a ton of research, Julie. You talk about it a lot. I, the health benefits of gratitude. It's just incredible. For I read research on teens, research on marriage, research on individuals. It's actually incredible how shifting your mindset you know, changes, uh, it, it, it changes your physiology. Mm -hmm. It literally does. And, and that is something that we start teaching our children very early. If you've ever listened to the pirate parenting series, or if you've been a part of fearless mom for a while, you've, you know, that we teach the big four, um, we call it pirate parenting. We believe it's the top four things that we should teach all children, authority, responsibility, gratitude, and honesty. Get it? Arg. arg arg that's right a r g h authority responsibility gratitude and honesty and i actually the research on gratitude I, so many times parents will say i don't want my child to be entitled i don't want my child to be ungrateful and as i always say i see what you don't want tell me what you do want mm -hmm. and we want our kids to be thankful we want them to feel grateful and we want them not only to feel it but to express it because research shows that expressing gratitude is actually different from feeling gratitude and it impacts your physiology and your mood even more than just stopping and feeling grateful. So when we then feel grateful, the next step we teach is to express that gratitude mm -hmm. is to tell someone, you know, that we're grateful for them. And there, uh, there are some incredible um, statistics on that research, but I'm just going to tell you that, trust me when I tell you there is a difference between feeling grateful and expressing gratitude, feeling gratitude and expressing gratitude. And when you make that shift, it is not just for the other person. It is for you. Mm -hmm. I feel different when 
after I express gratitude. Research in couples shows they've studied couples and they will put them, they call it a gratitude session. And so if you sit together and you tell each other what you're grateful for, not just character traits, that's one thing, but then also um, actual behaviors that they've done. So you do both. I'm thankful that you took out the garbage. I'm thankful mm -hmm. that you are always such a good caretaker. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yes. So thankful for yes. behaviors and for character traits. That if you have a 30-minute gratitude session, they went back to these couples months later, and they said it literally, they can track that it put their marriage on an upward trajectory Literally, they track it back to that gratitude session. Isn't that so simple? It is. The Gottman Institute also encourages expressing gratitude in their, they call it building fondness and growing mm -hmm. closer together. Um, but it's not just in marriage. It's in any relationship. Right. And we know statistics about gratitude. Grateful people have a stronger bond with the local community, which totally makes sense. Mm -hmm. And they have more satisfying relationships. Grateful people <laughs> will have 10% fewer stress-related illnesses. They will be more physically fit. And they have blood pressure that is lower by 12%. Now, how did wow. they figure that out? And children and teens who are more grateful will have 13% fewer fights and be 20% 20, 20 more likely to get A's. I do believe that when we shift our mindset, our brains relax mm -hmm. and we mm -hmm. are more relaxed around other people. I believe we are not in that fight or flight. We are mm -hmm. able to think through and problem solve with our prefrontal cortex. I, it does, I, I think, how about this one? Grateful teens are 10 times less likely to start smoking. What? Grateful teens are less likely to abuse drugs and alcohol, less likely to be depressed, and less likely to have behavioral problems at school. The most interesting research, though, to me, is that gratitude can be learned. Mm-hmm. It's like a muscle that it we can build. It is like a muscle. Literally, we train ourselves in that solitude, by the way, we train ourselves to shift our thinking, to flip our mindset to a, an attitude of gratitude. And we will catch ourselves being angry, catch ourselves being frustrated, catch ourselves being sad. And we go, all right, I see that negative emotion. And I'm going to now choose to look for three things that I'm grateful for, choose to see the silver lining. We do not minimize the struggle. We do not minimize the hurt or the disappointment or the frustration, but we choose to see the good, choose to be grateful. So, you know, we've talked a lot about, and moms have expressed a lot of, of what was lost. Um, you know, at the conference this year, we had the Fearless Fighter Award where you really acknowledged all of the things like um, that we missed out on and that moms had to help their children through missed graduations and proms yes. and weddings and baby showers is significant. But there's also been so many good things that have come out. I remember sitting one day watching. I had no idea so many people lived in my neighborhood because once we were in lockdown, walking was what everyone did. I mean, I remember you're saying that you said there are people that I've never seen before because they go to work and come home, go to activities and, and they're in their homes. Mm -hmm. I've never uh, we would always on Halloween. There was always a ton of children out trick or treating and families. And we're like, do these people come to our neighborhood or do they actually live here? Because we never see them. And now there are children playing together all over. 
little kids riding bikes, I mean little, like two years old, have the balance bikes all the way up to teens that are out building forts and playing basketball together. My kids know people that they never met before. Never knew them. And, you know, again, I believe, I'm going to tell you, this is an opportunity for me to, you know, uh, you can learn from my mistake. I was so concerned, um, again, parenting out of fear, I was very concerned that my children weren't going to be grateful or mm-hmm. that they were going to be spoiled or because my both sets of grandparents spoil my kids rotten. And, you know, we should all, you know, we, we wish we could live the lives that my children lead sometimes with their grandparents, you know, and I, I was always worried they're going to be spoiled, they're going to be entitled, they're going to be, you know, not grateful. And so if I ever sensed any... Um, any unhappiness, any, uh, you know, sadness, I would always say, okay, but what are you grateful for? What are you grateful mm-hmm. for? What you, and I, what, what I should have done instead, and, and this is something I've learned, is we, we acknowledge the negative feeling. That's okay to have a negative feeling. I also, of course, thought my job as mom was to make sure everybody was happy all the time. This is a happy house. I want you to have happy memories of this house. There is no time for anything bad because I don't want you to remember that. Again, parenting out of fear. What do I want? Mm-hmm. I want, you know, resilient, competent, independent children. And part of resilience is acknowledging the bad, acknowledging the hurt, the disappointment, the loss, and then seeing the good. And that's why we coupled solitude and gratitude for this podcast. It's okay to acknowledge the bad. Mm -hmm. We just don't want to stay there. Mm -hmm. And I I had it wrong. And what I did was I believe that I felt myself it's not okay to feel the bad. It's not okay to see the bad. That's dangerous. That's, you know, not right. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. The, the, the loss, the disappointment, the hurt, that's real. It is. That's there. It's okay to acknowledge it. Now switch to what you're grateful for. Well, and really, when you're feeling sad, it's because you know joy. When you're feeling disappointment, it's because you know what it feels like to have your, your dreams met, your goals met, your desires met. When you feel hurt, it's because you know love. Now, so, y'all, if, if it sounds like Julia knows these off the top of her head, it, she does because she has said this to me so many times. <laughs> because whenever we talk about emotions or feelings, I'm always wanting to talk about the good ones. And you're so right. And I this is, what am I, 52? And I'm just now learning that I can be grateful and disappointed at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that was hard for me to understand. Mm -hmm. I can feel sadness and joy. I can feel loss and excitement. That Mm -hmm. that was hard for me to understand. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about gratitude. Well, that's the intervention of the Holy Spirit. Yes, for sure. I I literally, it has changed my mindset. And as I tell my children, sorry, guys, but I'm going to be an amazing grandmother. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to help your children. But that, no, I mean the ability to feel sadness and joy alongside each other or loss and joy or, or, um, uh, excitement and disappointment. Yes. Yes. I I do think so. That Mm -hmm. that's the Holy Spirit's present that Mm -hmm. presence that helps us see we, we have hope. Yes. We have joy. We have peace because of Jesus. Yeah. And because of that, that even we, we, even in grief, we can have hope, mm-hmm. you know, even in loss, we can, you mm-hmm. know, know that God is using it. We see, you know, pain 
we see it and we, we know there's purpose there, you know, mm-hmm. hurt. We know that there's hope there. So I, I do think so. But I think expressing those think you know, the gratitude is so important. And again, you're not minimizing the loss, the disappointment or the hurt. We see that cloud. And now we're also going to see the silver lining. Yeah. And sometimes, though, I think with our children, we don't like that negative feeling. Mm-hmm. And so we want to see the silver lining real quick and or with a friend and right. we feel like it's our responsibility or even with ourselves. We don't want to stay there. It's OK. To be with that feeling, mm-hmm. it's OK to be beside a friend while they walk through that feeling and process it at their own pace. But when we're talking about the pandemic, when we're talking about the quarantine and in solitude, we we see, you know, how we're our, how our bodies are responding to the stress and how our kids are responding to the stress and the, the stress of the transition to post pandemic operations. And now, though, we take a moment and we go. But because of this pandemic, we had all that extra time together on the porch right. because of this pandemic. Um, you dogs know, are living their best lives. Dogs are definitely living their best <laughs> lives. Listen, because of this pandemic, I know more about technology than I ever thought possible. Mm-hmm. Our kids, yes, yes, there are many children who have maybe not hit the milestones or the marks that are typical for, you know, first grade, second grade. But let me tell you something. They're, they advanced technologically probably 10 years. For sure. All of us did. I, I know I for one. So I, I do think we, we see the cloud and we see the silver lining. Mm-hmm. And as we transition out, let's, let's not forget what was good about this 15 months. Let, Can let's we not... celebrate home deliveries and curbside oh, pickup? Oh, my word. That is so true. And I really hope it sticks around. I just saw that HEV... Um, just said they're gonna they're not gonna charge for curbside anymore another reason to love agb i know if you're not from texas we are so sorry that you do not have agb it's that stands for here everything's better actually yeah (laughs) that's their slogan but seriously it's seriously they are so customer driven they you know what we we can be grateful uh, that that's what I'm grateful for companies like HEB that really stepped up. I'm thankful for hospitals where the mm-hmm. you know all of the staff work double and time overtime. The innovation that's happened in yes. medical advances. Yes, I, I'm grateful for teachers that helped kindergartners learned how to zoom. I, I'm grateful for administrators mm-hmm. who said, "What can we do?" to accommodate these kids wherever they are and what can we do to get kids back in school? I'm, I'm grateful for, you know, there, the list goes on and on Mm -hmm. the list goes on. And you know what? I'm grateful that my family, we all learned how to zoom my parents, my mom can hop on a zoom, like nobody's business. Shuggy just, she doesn't even need anybody else to do it now. That's amazing. It is. I know, you know there I are just so booked, many things. Booked airfare, and the um, agent that I was speaking to, speaking to, said, "Oh, I'm sorry, you might hear my dog." I'm like, "Are you working from home?" She's like, "Yeah, we can do that now." Isn't that incredible? Mm-hmm. So, so many good things, and I, I think mm-hmm. we should take the time. And Julia, we mentioned this in Austin, but the traffic. Oh, amen. I, I mean, w- that little tiny season of no mm-hmm. traffic. You know what else I noticed? That a lot of restaurants that I'm going into now, they took the time to remodel. Yes. <laughs> so they upgraded everything. You know, it was just, I, I think all of us, 
if we work hard, we can find something to be grateful for. And what a fun project to do with your children Mm -hmm. to say, okay, let's think hard. What is something that you're grateful for? Mm -hmm. You know, list a few things. So as we, as we move toward that post pandemic, let's not forget that. Yes, it was hard. It, it, we definitely lost some. We definitely, um, you know, we were disappointed. Our lives were disrupted for sure. But there were some good things. And for those of you who are still in hardcore quarantine, um, we, we are praying for you. Mm-hmm. We are with you. We pray that you um, feel hopeful as you see areas. I, I can only imagine how discouraging. You want to feel hopeful that you see other areas opening, but I can also imagine that it could be discouraging. Mm-hmm. And, and we're not forgetting about you. We know that not everybody is, you know, moving mm-hmm. back quite as quickly. And so we're, we're thinking about you as well. Mm-hmm. And hoping that in your solitude that you will... Um, find those emotions and help your take responsibility for processing them too. You bet. Mm -hmm. And um, our next podcast, you guys are going to love. I can't wait. Yeah, it's great. And we hope you guys have a great day and we will see you next time. See you next week. We're so glad you joined us today. You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.